0: Subscriptions are super hot. In fact, the subscription economy has grown 5 to 8x faster than the rest of the economy over the last decade, especially in mobile. Why is that? And how does Apple's iOS mobile operating system contribute to that? Of course, also, how can you get on that train? Welcome to Clever Tap Engage. My name is John Kasir.
1: And my name is Peggy Ann Saltz and we're talking today about subscriptions and how they are so critical to growth in mobile. And to do this, we're also bringing forward some of the best episodes from our retention masterclass podcast, John.
0: One in particular, Peggy, is about how iOS 14 and, of course, 15 prioritize subscriptions just by the nature of the operating system and how it works. And we chatted to a young entrepreneur who used to be the product manager for Google's iOS app, who started his own subscription news business and recently got acquired by Twitter. Who are we chatting with, Peggy?
1: Well, as you said, John, he was the CEO of Brief. Brief. Now, product manager at Twitter, joining Twitter's experience unit after an Acqui hire last summer. He was ahead of his time. His name is Nix Hobbs, and he was on our show long before this was really cool, John, because he has his finger on the pulse. He told us about why product is the best subscriber retention strategy. And this was before the pandemic before the industry reported what it calls a surge in subscription apps, nicknamed the coronavirus bump. So Nick, he shared all of this and also what you need to adopt a retention mindset, because guess what? Product is first and personalization, even down to price, is a marketing constant.
0: So we're chatting about the change that Apple made in iOS 14 that continues in iOS 15 and what mobile marketers can do today to maximize subscription revenue. Without further ado, enjoy. Is retention even more important than acquisition for subscription oriented products? Hello and welcome to Retention Masterclass. My name is John Kutseer.
1: My name is Peggy Ann Saltz and we're your co-hosts on the show.
0: And we are also complete idiots. I mean, we scheduled this (laughs) weeks ago for uh, the day after the US election, which is not settled yet. And we're all kind of like embedded in that and probably lost sleep over it and all these other things. And yet we scheduled this. But I have to say, I am super looking forward to this show. Uh, we have a former product manager for Google's iOS app and a former product manager for Google's self-driving car team. How cool is that on the show? I've interviewed him before and you're in for a treat.
1: Absolutely. And we're going to talk about a really important topic because, you know, hey, John, lots of apps are saying, hey, I'll go for subscription oriented uh, monetization and a business model that's, you know, That's income I can count on, that's predictable. Well, it's also not a walk in the park either. So, you know, it's getting people to buy products, to commit to buy products right now, you know, in their app. And that's what we're gonna talk about, is exactly that, cracking the code on subscriptions, retention. Our guest is Nick Hobb. Nick Hobb is, Hobbs rather, he's founder and CEO. It's one of those days, guys. We've been up all night with the the elections. but we're here and we're we're lively and uh, and hopeful and optimistic and excited because nick hobbs is the founder and ceo of the brief which is very cool if you check it out sean it's in beta offers a new service with a real twist
0: yeah i know i've chatted with nick before about it of course selling news in the era of free and the era of fake news sounds <laughs> super easy but nick we want to welcome you to retention Masterclass.
2: well thanks so much for, for having me and uh you know i think um probably for those people who are are tuning in right now and thinking about the election, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. given that we're in the business of news, I think actually- um, we'll Talk a little bit more about things that are probably near and dear to your heart right now. Uh, And then we'll also get to talk a little bit more about uh, your professional interests, how to, how to make uh retention. So let's I'm throw this, this in here,
0: let's throw this in here right now, Nick, just because you know, you do the brief, it is super cool. It is a subscription yeah. news product, it's really relevant right now. We're going to talk about <laughs> subscription, we're going to talk about retention, all those other things that retention mass class is about. But you know, right off the top, because it's super topical, we've already said it's yeah. the day after the election. Give us the 30 seconds on the brief, what it is, why you made it, and what's awesome about it.
2: Yeah, um. So we think Brief is a really different news experience. Um, so basically, every news product to this point has been created to give you, help you discover more content, right? So if you open mm-hmm. Google News, you can scroll forever and just get more articles, more articles. Twitter, Facebook, it's the same. And increasingly, traditional publishers are doing the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. And we think what every customer really wants from news is is now almost the opposite. What you really want is clarity. You want clarity and understanding. And that means uh, more clear information um, or uh, uh, less information and more clear information. Yeah. And so that's what we try to do every day. Uh, We say that, you know, if you're one of these people who right now is feeling a little overwhelmed by all the different voices who are shouting about the election, for example, uh, if you come to brief, it's going to be really easy to understand exactly what's happening,
0: what matters and why. Um, And so if you give us a few minutes a day, then uh, we promise you'll, you'll stay up to speak that sounds like a pretty healthy news experience compared to uh what we're doing i, I know my wife last night apple news was not refreshing <laughs> it's like <laughs> i had the same three stories for like two hours and it was uh it was it was stressful but let's talk about what we're going to talk about here you shifted from retention uh, optimization for ad supported products to optimizing for subscription products what are some of the key differences that you found there
2: yeah so um I think it's a really important question that, and it might not be obvious about why it's important right now. So I think for everybody listening to this podcast, you clearly care about retention, you care about creating great digital products. And I think the biggest change that is going to happen to your job in the next decade is that we are moving away from a uh, ad funded tech economy towards a subscription one. And we've already seen blockbuster successes, right? You have Spotify, at, you know, north of $30 billion valuations, uh, you have Amazon who now more than 80% of U.S. households have a prime subscription, which is just mind blowing. Um, and, uh, so the trend has already started, but it's, it's coming for every part of, of the technology industry. And so I think all of the future opportunities that, uh, that we see in front of us are really going to be built on the back of these very new, uh, subscription businesses. Um, so that's why it's really important. And John, as you mentioned, it's also really, it's a different thing to do. And I think Um, If I were to sum it up in in a really quick phrase, we think the difference is that when you're trying to build a subscription business, your like first, second, and third priority has to be building a radically superior product. And uh, that's a very different business from trying to get people to, you know, do what I was doing before, you know, do two or three more searches, uh, you know, a month, right? (laughs) Right. That's just, it's a, it's a very different job. It's a very different product and it's a very different uh, product development process. And so I'm excited to, to dig into that with you guys.
1: Well, it looks like you got something here, Nick, right? Because if I look at the numbers, and we sh- we talked about this, right? You're more than doubling your subscriber base every month. So that tells us that you do have a product there. Otherwise, we wouldn't be abiding for it. And there is something to be said for your curation. So um, what's going on here? What's good about this model? And what is the model, really? Because you're talking about um, getting us to submit, to commit rather, to a recurring cost. What is the value proposition?
2: Yeah, so um, maybe let me explain a little bit about what I uh, mean by a radically superior product. And we, we'll use Spotify again as an example. This is a good one. Everybody knows. And then we'll talk a little bit about how we think we've had early success in in that direction with Brief. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, radically superior, uh, it's basically two things. By radically, we mean it needs to be really different, right? It, it can't be just a, you know uh same product uh with a blue coat of paint um and so if you look at something like spotify and you compare it to the old way of interacting with music before you would purchase and own cds or tracks um and then spotify comes along and completely changes your relationship with music they say you get all of it and you own none of it right um so that's just a radically different product than anything that came before it um and then the second thing is it has to be way better it can't just be like a little bit better it has to be fundamentally a uh, completely different experience that's, that's, that's vastly superior to what came before it. And again, if you go to Spotify, um, when you really dig down to it, it just does the job of music better. That the reason we all love music in our life um, is it's this like great emotional soundtrack. And if you're feeling down, uh, maybe you wanna hear something that makes you cry your eyes out or will pick you up. If you're like walking into that job interview, uh, you mm-hmm. wanna have, you know, uh, jock jams on or, or whatever it is for you. And we just don't know what life is gonna throw at us. So having every song in your pocket is just way better because it always means you always have that right note for whatever you're feeling in the moment. And mm-hmm. so that's how Spotify is a radically superior product. And then when we look at brief, we think we're like, you know, check the, the the different box because again, we're doing, instead of trying to to feed you more content, we're trying to give you less clear content, which we think is, mm-hmm. is a very different direction. And we think that leads to a, a way better experience because you're able to understand the news in just a few minutes a day. Um, and we can talk about some specific features that we've done that I think really cash in on that. But at a high level, I think that's why we've been able to, to be successful is it's a very different uh model for news and it creates a different art experience that just feels
0: without mm-hmm. and, and just to clarify that's less comma clear news rather than <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unlike what I just said, it's very
2: clear. <laughs>
1: I love it. I love how you say you're going to cash in, right? So it's a, it's a model, it's monthly. I'd like to know what that is, but also intentionally, or maybe not intentionally, I don't know, you're only iOS at the moment. So that tells me what, out for high intent, high paying users?
2: So I think uh, the, the first reason that we are iOS only is I think a huge difference mm-hmm. between a good subscription business and your um, more old school uh, ad funded business. Uh, is that laser focus is just really important. That if you can do one thing and you can do it really well, that is the best way to start. And so if you look at a business like Facebook, it's basically like land grab and boil the frog, where you want to get as many users as you can just doing something, right? Just like get them in there, get them trying. And so they'll invest way early in markets that will not monetize for a very, very long time just to get people in the habit of clicking the big blue app, right? Um, and then over time, they can get you to do more of it. They can add in ads, they can add in more ads, and they can, they can slowly, gradually build a business. Um, with subscription, you just can't do that, right? Like you have to convince somebody to pull a credit card out of their pocket yeah. and make a decision. Um, and what that means is focus is incredibly valuable because if you can get a very small number of people to take that mm-hmm. action, that's how you build your business. And then over time, mm-hmm. you, you build better and better experiences They get more people into that fold um but uh you have to start um by creating something that's that's really different a lot better and i think focus is key to that um and that's why we're ios only is that we think that is where we can build the best product initially and we just don't have to be everywhere because we
0: don't have to have everyone as our customers on day i love that land grab and boil the frog i mean that's the business strategy that that is the that's the business model. <laughs>
1: That's a new That's one, I know about eating the frog, and I was like, "No, we don't eat the
0: frog. We're we're vegetarian." <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're religious around retention first uh, throughout your whole beta process, and talk about why that makes sense for a media company and why you're focused on retention, perhaps even more than user acquisition or customer acquisition, perhaps.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, so I think. At the core of it is um, any new technology business is going to be a recurring revenue business. I think the vast, vast majority of those of those news businesses that are gonna be successful are recurring revenue. Um, and at the heart of recurring revenue, the most important thing is not getting more people, it's keep, keeping the people that you have. Um, if you have a really leaky uh, funnel where you're losing people after a few months, you can acquire as many as you want and your business wants work. And so I think the core is quite simple. We care first and foremost about retention. Um, because like any good new uh, digital business that's gonna be a recurring revenue business, you have to get people to want to pay for your product forever first. That is that is the number one. The,
0: the really, really interesting thing that you mentioned to Peggy earlier is that you're really big with Gen Z. You're attracting, you're getting them to pay. We're talking maybe late like teenagers, 20 year olds, that sort of thing. That yeah. sounds super challenging. Uh, talk about how you manage to do that.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's a great uh, it's a great question, and I think it also helps us get at um, one of the higher level trends that's at play here. So the reason, one of the reasons that I have really strong conviction that there's this shift towards a subscription bu- business model is because there has been a fundamental change in what consumers want, and you can see this manifest in, in Gen Z. They don't want to buy things anymore. They want access. They want services. And so one stat that will probably blow most listeners' minds is if you are a 40-year-old, uh, according to a survey done by Reuters, you are less likely to pay for a d- digital news product than if you're an 18-year-old. Wow. <laughs> and 18-year-olds don't have any cash. <laughs> like, when, I, yeah. when I first learned that, it made no sense to me. And uh, then the more I dug into this industry, it makes perfect sense that really what matters when you're trying to sell a product is you need a resonant value proposition. And if you walk up to a millennial, if you walk up to somebody in Gen Z, and you say, I would like to offer you a service in exchange for money, they're like, yeah, that makes sense. That is like, that is all of my life. That is Spotify, that is Amazon, that is Netflix. It is the only experience I've ever really had with media. Um, and obviously we've trained older generations on a completely different business model. Um, and so I think that's a lot of the reason that we've seen traction um, is that this is the future because consumer taste has changed. Um, and there are a bunch of things that we do to to encourage that and build a really great product for them. But I think the most fundamental thing uh, that is important to all of your listeners is that uh, future generations, the, the die is already cast. What they want in a business model is, is subscription, is recurring revenue, is services. Very
0: interesting. That is
1: really something to think about for a moment because uh, I do a lot of work, a lot of research around media companies, you know, what is going to happen to old media? How does it reinvent itself? It thinks, okay, I've got an app that's really great. Now I'm ready to roll. No, no, no. It's not giving it away for free ad funded. It's going to be subscriber supported um, for, for, for Gen Z and millennial. That's something to think about. And that's a different model, which brings me to a question around how you're actually you know, getting the users to stick around. You know, you're using different channels. And one thing in prep that was really interesting, you're not into paid, you know, you're not into paid to get people to stick around or to come in in the first place. So what 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 channels work for you and how does that fit in your strategy?
2: Yeah. So. I think right now we haven't had to make a big investment in paid media. And then going back to that principle of focus, we want to do uh, as little as possible to find the customers that are most rapidly uh, our fans. Um, and I think a good example of how focus pays dividends is one of the best channels that we've had um, is uh, just people browsing the app store. And part of the reason for that is that um, Apple has promoted our app pretty heavily and we just have good aligned interest, right? Apple wants, high quality apps that solve a real user need. Um, And, uh, you know, we want to find the customers that have that user need. Um, And so early on, we've been able to to get quite far um, just by finding users where they're already looking uh, for our products. And over the long run, I think we're not anti-paid acquisition. I think in fact, one of the things that is most uh, powerful about a subscription Um, business model is that you can scale paid acquisition um, very easily without making huge bets, right? You can just have reasonable payback grades and and have that all work out. So uh, I think really what it is, is that uh, we don't need it yet. And
0: we've been able to find uh, really great success on the App Store. That's really, really amazing. And uh, I, I haven't heard that for some years that people have been able to survive without paid. So that, that's interesting. And Peggy, I know you want to get into some some other topics here, including personalization. It just struck me. I mean, and because I'm in the middle there of, of I, I buy some services by subscription. I buy music by subscription. I buy entertainment by subscription. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some streaming services and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, It's interesting if you think about older people not wanting to do that, wanting to own a physical thing or or, or a token of something and it's theirs. They don't have to continually pay for it. Most jobs, (laughs) which most people who are older have a a t- prototypical traditional job—that's a subscription service. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I will sell you a month of time for a sum of money, and I will do it next month and the following mm-hmm. month. That's a subscription service. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's way of thinking of it. Absolutely, yeah.
1: And and talking about thinking, you know, okay, you've covered the basis. You talked about how important it is to have a product, right? How to have something very unique, very radical, very interesting. I like to look at the user experience, and I want to get my head around this because, you know, we have so many services. And I remember writing articles about this. Oh, we give the user the chance to choose their news and choose their channel, choose the notifications. How often do you want election update? Which would be constantly right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, how much of this is my choice, and how much of this is your choice, and 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 where does this maybe fly in the face of? what we thought people wanted.
2: Yeah, it's a really great uh, it's a really great question. So I think the first thing that you need to do differently when you're trying to think about building a great product for a, a retentive business um, is you need to really deeply understand user needs. Um, I think one of the biggest differences that I saw in coming from Google to working on Brief is uh, if what you're trying to do is like increase a certain user behavior a small amount month over month, then just data hacking can be very effective, right? You can you can figure out ways to alter the UI to modify behavior a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Um, and what we need in a subscription business is because there's that decision point, you have to get people to make a choice to buy yeah. a product. You have to create step function improvements, right? They have to be not things that were done three percent better today. It needs to be obviously different and better. And uh, you just can't you can't look at logs. You can't look at data and find those things. You have to like get in there and deeply understand the actual user pain points. Um, and so when we think about product design, uh, I think the, the first question is not, you know, what role should personalization play, but what is the problem that we're trying to solve? And so uh, the problem that we're trying to solve um, where we do use uh, an element of personalization is that you should be able to read your news, not constantly skip it. So most of your experience with Twitter or with with a traditional news article is you open it up, you read the headline, and then probably you move on. Uh, Maybe you actually open the article, and then even then what you're doing is you're kind of like reading the first sentence of the first paragraph, and then you're jumping down to find what's the bit of news that is new for me, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just a pretty stressful experience, right? It's like you're constantly um, on the hunt for something that is actually useful. And what we should do is we should just get rid of all the stuff that isn't new to you. Right, that is—that's what is like really radically improves the experience much more than than article or recommendation. So that's how we use personalization. It isn't serving you different topics or different uh, uh, different news because it's pretty easy to anticipate that literally everyone in the United States wants election coverage today. Like we we can handle that. What really matters is people who are watching us right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What do you know and what do you need to know? And that's where we customize it. Each each individual update you get actually has different content based on which new information, what
1: you information? So I'm dying to have a devil's advocate question, John. I have to do it. I have to do it, right? Because I've written a lot of digital content next, which is like, you know, the place for the media industry and talking to a lot of companies. And they always tell me so proudly, we don't have Assisted software. We don't have AI. We have people, people, you know, who have judgment and have humanness and all of that, and they are curating the content. And you are not using that. You have an editorial approach that is assisted by software. So there's a little bit of AI, there's software going on in there. What do you say yeah. to them when they're like, "Okay, that means I've outsourced my brain to the brief," right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I have to ask the question. I have. No, to. no,
2: I love it. I love it actually, and I think um, it's really key understanding what makes us different and i think also a key to understanding what is the future of news so i think thus far we've had two camps we've had pure editorial camp traditional journalists humans are going to do the work and there is a ton of value in that because it turns out these decisions are really complicated in ways that computers just cannot predictably understand and all you need to do is like look at the facebook newsfeed and twitter (laughs) news feed for the last we we can't crack getting that right right yeah um and then in the other camp we have just pure technology, right? Like you know it's actually humans are bad. Uh, you know Facebook, you know fired their entire <laughs> entire human curatorial team in, in the 2016 election because it was seen as introducing bias. Um, and we think both of these camps miss the point that humans alone um, just don't have the 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 time, the skills they need to understand all of the information that's happening in the world. And technology alone does not have the judgment to make these hard. Moral calls and to distill information down to be communicated easily to readers. And so we think you need to bring these two things together and you build technology that gives the journalist superpowers, right? So it is not about replacing them. It is not about trying to rank articles algorithmically instead of having an editor do it. It's about what can we do for a human to make them way better
0: at all of the things that they're already really good at. And that's what we build. That's amazing. Um, You know, Peggy, it's it's kind of interesting. Apparently, Google doesn't hire idiots to be in charge of their self-driving car team or in charge of their iOS app. I don't know, but it is interesting. You've thought deeply about it and you've thought differently about it. And what's critical to me right now to understand is that retention for your particular product requires deep thinking about the product and about the consumption of the product and about the people who are consuming the product and that whole experience, understanding that and having radically different ideas around that. So I had a question prep for you, but I'm gonna switch it up. There was a question that came in from a LinkedIn user we get quite a few of them. I just show occasional ones, some something here or there. But this person, uh, anonymous LinkedIn user says, with a subscription model, you only have a limited window to persuade a customer to pull out that credit card like you talked about. How do you stretch and maybe smooth that journey to pull them in? Um, so I'm gonna say something that is,
2: that, that is somewhat controversial here. And the truth is we haven't proved this yet. I think we've seen success. But this is, this is still in the realm of hypothesis and not like Newton's three laws. Um, I think the premise is actually wrong. I think you do not want to smooth and lengthen that decision. I think you actually need to create a crisp, clear decision point. And I think that that is how you make people make the choice. And so I think a company that does this really, really well is Netflix. So with Netflix, you, they could lengthen and smooth that journey by saying, you can watch 10 episodes for free, right? Like you, everybody gets, uh, gets to you know, con- consume five free episodes a month. They could do what the New York Times does in that regard, and they don't. What they say is, you, know, you show up at their site and if you would like to watch Netflix, we will give you a free trial for a month and you can use the product just like any other user would. Um, but when you do that, you're signing up to pay for Netflix forever right? Like you're giving us your credit card. It's going to auto renew. And they stage that decision to be obvious, right? They're, they're so confident in the quality of their product that they say, like, we're going to give it to you free for a month. And we will remind you, we will send you an email that you should cancel our service three Mm -hmm. days before you actually get charged. And when you set up that decision point, it's an obvious decision, right? Like, why would I not try this? Um, but when you smooth and lengthen that decision-making process, it gets pretty gray, right? And so if you look at a metered paywall for a news site, for example, what you're what you're doing is the calculus is now uh, like should I pay for the New York Times? Well, am I gonna read more than five articles this month? Or or exactly five? And like, how good is that sixth one gonna be? Like how how bad do I need it? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. And that's just it's a harder decision to make. And so I think actually when you're thinking about building subscription businesses, you almost need to invert the traditional wisdom of removing friction. And instead, in, in, intentionally create friction at a specific decision point that you stage to be obvious. And I would look at I would look at companies like uh, like Netflix, who I think do that really well, and move in that
0: direction. Really interesting to hear that. It makes me think of the Wish app, which uh, I, I I think I installed about a month ago, two months or something. Like that. Wish, of course, is that super cheap probably horrible uh, app where you order stuff from China that might come in six months, uh, but it's unbelievably, ridiculously cheap, you know, $5 Mm -hmm. for a TV or something like that. (laughs) I'm I'm being facetious, but something like that, but you, you download the app and it immediately says sign up and give us your email address. And that's a hard decision right there. Will I essentially subscribe to this e-commerce platform? I decided no when I deleted the app, but I suspect (laughs) That if you decide, yes, there's a high propensity for you to actually start purchasing and buying stuff there. And wow. they've done the math and they've done the testing and they know that it will work out over time. Very interesting way of thinking of it.
1: I love the idea of introducing some friction. That's going to keep me going now, Nick, because you know we talk about being friction-free, totally convenient, all that good stuff. And uh, actually, you have to make me value it. You know, I have to go through a couple of hoops. I have to make a conscious decision because then I buy into it. And then it really matters to me. So I I get that completely. And there's another thing about retention and we hear about this all the time, John, we've got like almost a list now. We could just do a social media share of what everyone is calling it. You know, it's the critical event. It's the magic moment. It's, uh, you know, it's what feeds the the virtual, the, 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 the growth loop and retention. And you called it uh, perpetual double thank you moment, right? I don't know if that's yours, but that's pretty cool. Where is that in a subscription app? How do you build and that? What is, it? <laughs> what is it? What is it? Where is it in the app? Um, it sounds like that magic moment, but a little bit more reciprocal.
2: Yeah. So I think um it starts uh, I, I did not come up with the phrase double thank you. It's been around in in business for a while. And I actually I I learned it from uh, you know, someone who's been running a, a business in Massachusetts, just a traditional brick and mortar situation for decades. And uh, the idea of the double thank you is it's that moment when you go to buy a sandwich and they you hand them the $5 and they hand you the sandwich and you say thank you and you're so happy you got that sandwich for $5 and they say thank you because they're so happy they got got your business. Okay. Um, and I think that at the core is like what is actually really beautiful about building a business is you can create these positive sum relationships where both of us are so happy to be part of that exchange, and I think it's it's very different from the relationship, for example, that you might have with a free product like Facebook, where most of the time when you close that app, your your reaction is not like, oh, thank you, like I'm so I'm yeah. so glad this existed. It happens, but most yeah. of the time, uh, it's almost a feeling of regret. And when you're building a subscription business, you need to think of it, I think, more like. Ye old school business of that double thank you. And I think the biggest difference is it can't be one moment. It can't just be that one sandwich. You have to think about how every single day I have a moment where I'm where I'm thankful to have this in my life. Because if you don't do that, then people will cancel. Right. Like you have to every day figure out how to build that value into people's lives. So in, so in a I,
1: subscription app, that's like what? That's like thanks for curating. I didn't have to think this through.
2: Yeah. So I think um, it's uh, I think it will be, and this is a frustrating answer. It's different for every single experience Mm -hmm. because it's, it's on you to figure out what is the best way to experience for like for us, for example, what is the best way to experience the news today? Right? And we need to understand that at a way deeper level than you will ever truly appreciate. And that's how we create a great experience. And so to give a concrete example around that, um, every time one of these disruptive products gets launched, at first, it actually seems a little dumb. So, like, when you look at the iPod, you're like, why do I need a thousand songs in my pocket? Right. Like, I was getting along with like 10 to 20. That was, that was doing fine. Right. And every time Amazon's like, it was free shipping for two days and now it's a day, I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> did I need that 24 hours? I don't know. Two days seemed fine. And then you use it and you're like, holy cow, my life is way different because of this, this thing. And the, the core of that is they understood that, you know, when you have 24 hours instead of, 48, you can solve more problems with Prime, right? There are just some problems that have to be solved in 24 hours. And that's a magic unlock that you don't appreciate until you experience. When you have an iPod, it's, you know, you think you're fine with with 10 songs in your pocket. Once you realize you can have a thousand, you've like destroyed all of these choices that you had to make of like, which CD case am I going to bring along, right? (laughs) Um, And so I think the way that you build this cycle of of perpetual double thank you is that uh, you have to Understand at a fundamentally deeper level than your customers what their needs are, and then meet them, and and they will feel that they may not be able to articulate every part of it. They may not, you know, know that that one uh, animation at the end that says you're all done. That's like what they love, um, but we know and we guide them through that and make sure they have a great experience.
0: I love that. Understand your customer's needs more deeply than they understand it themselves. I also like that thought that you mentioned that um, you don't have that double thank you in the Facebook app. And um, <laughs> my post on Facebook this morning was just here for my daily dose from the Outrage Factory. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. They're on the same page there. <laughs> I'm gonna, we're almost done here. It's been amazing so far. I'm gonna ask uh, maybe a little bit more of a technical question. Uh, As you're building a business, you're always looking at metrics. What are the most important metrics for you in your business when you're trying to optimize retention, when you're trying to optimize subscriptions?
2: So I think there needs to be an inversion of uh, the metrics process. So I think a lot of times, for example, at Google, um one of the first questions that we get asked in a product review is like where do you see this need in our logs right and so you start actually by looking at your data to find problems to solve um and then that forms the basis of of what you build and then you you check it on the back end to make sure what happened uh is what you thought would happen um i think to build a good uh subscription business you actually need to start with customer insight that is then validated by data um, and so your initial ideas have to come from customer interaction and from a deep understanding of the space. And uh, I think the reason for that is uh, data just can't tell you why. And it can tell you maybe why as in, well, more people are clicking because the button is now blue, but it can't answer the next level of why, which is like, why is that? right? Like, and that, those, that level of depth is really where you can build things that people find to be unexpectedly, uh, unexpectedly delightful. Um, and so I think you start by trying to understand the customer need, figure out what is the smallest thing that we can build that we think validates that. Um, and what do we expect to change in behavior? Like how do we check that, that our intuition here is actually correct? And that's your metrics process. And so it almost becomes, um, you know, a uh, the, the metrics are specific to each thing that you build each time, but your process is identify need, um, figure out what is the smallest possible thing that we can build that we think fills should fulfill that need Uh, for people, and then what do we expect to change in behavior? Um, And then, you know, you can prove yourself right or wrong, and you can build on that intuition. But the thing that is magical about that is that once you've validated that that is true, uh, you now not only understand that this feature works, you understand that this need is real and that, like, these are the ways that we can make it better. And so then you can take that same feature and you can make it better and better and better and better better over time um, because you now have intuition for what is the right thing to do in a way that data just can't tell you up front. Um, so that's that's how we think about data, um, is it's a, it's a tool for validation, but it uh, discovery needs to happen through other channels.
1: That's a very cool framework. That's much better than saying, oh, well, you just have to look at you know this particular metric. No, it's part of the overall strategy. It validates what you were out to fix in the first place. Right. You, know, you don't look for uplift just anywhere. You look at it, what did I address? Is there an impact? Can I measure it? Hey, I'm on my way. Now I wonder actually, Nick, you know, this is a, this is a cool company. I'm excited. I'm actually going to check this out, you know, to to experience it. But that's just it. It's an experience that I can have with a startup like yours. Mm -hmm. Or are there lessons here? I mean, can a legacy company can those big media companies that are struggling, you know, to optimize their business and experience, you know, how can they focus on retention? How can they be a lot like be a lot like you apply this model? Or can they? Maybe that's the bigger question, right?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the first thing that I would say is, if you're uh, if you're really interested in this, you should reach out to us. Um, we have some some plans for uh, working with uh, publishers who are excited about this this new model that we're working towards. And so uh, you can find me on on Twitter. I'm at Hobbs News and shoot me a DM. Uh, you shoot me an email if that's more your your speed. Nick at broadsheet.tech. We'd love to talk to you. So that is that's the fastest way. Um, now uh, if you're if you want to uh, you know do it on your own um, then I'd say I have two pieces of advice uh, the first is that you've just you've got to burn the boats um, and so I think a lot of the time we don't fully embrace a subscription model and there's a good reason why you don't do that in your mainline business like you can't just tomorrow convert you know the New York Times to a hard paywall no one gets to read anything like that unless they pay. I get why you can't do that um, But if you're trying to build a new business, if you're trying to say, like, we want to go and get millennials, um, for example, we want to go and get Gen Z, then build them a product that from day one is paid with a hard paywall. And in doing that, you force yourself to build the product that deserves that cash. Um, The second thing that I would say is that seems scary. um, But the piece of advice number two is you just don't need that many people that it seems scary to like build this wholly different product because you're, you're thinking through like how do we build a content catalog that is as large as our traditional content catalog for this new audience? That sounds really expensive. And our team has been able to build a viable subscri- subscription product with six people, right? And that's running the whole show, like everything from fundraising and marketing to editorial uh, to engineering to design, right? Um, and so it's probably a lot cheaper than you think. And so what I would say is like make a big bet on a bold new direction um, that is fundamentally different from your existing product and do it with a small crew. Um, and uh if you want advice on, on how to do that or uh you know some some ways that you can work with us, uh, then you should just just hit
0: us up and say. And I've checked your website and you're hiring as well. So uh, very, very interesting if you'd like to work with them. Well, Nick, I wanna thank you for joining us. I wanna thank you for being on this show. Uh, It was such a pleasure to chat with you uh, last time about iOS 14 and how that changed so many different things about software. Uh, Equally a pleasure this time, equally insightful. Thank you for your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It It was a great conversation.
1: Wonderfully disruptive, by the way. Nick. <laughs> so you. I that.
0: Thank you. Excellent. For everybody else, thank you for joining us as well. Uh, we've seen from some of the comments and others that you've gotten some value as well. Please like, subscribe, share, comment, all the above. If you love the podcast, rate it, review it. That'd be a massive help.
1: So that's again until next time. This is a wrap, right? Keep well, keep safe, keep counting those votes. I said that, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is Peggy Salt signing off with Retention Masterclass.
0: And this is John here. Have a great day.